podcast i of course am your host aaron pym and what i like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations surrounding sex and sexuality today i'm very excited to have someone um and yet another person that like this is going to be our first conversation so i'm really excited not only to you know share them with my listeners but also just my own selfish reasons to be excited about this episode i really am excited to get to know this person (laughs) so without further ado please welcome to the mic content creator content producer and dominatrix professional dom right here in toronto siren thorn hello hi thanks for having me on it's so my absolute pleasure yeah i've been perving you for a long time so it's uh you know and also like you have lots of content of substance so i'm really honored to be here today oh that's so very sweet of you i also have been like you've been on my radar you know what i mean like (laughs) we have some mutuals i think so i'm like who's that who's that who's that what do they do what are they doing over there (laughs) yeah that's right we haven't met in person before and this is our first conversation ever so i I get to learn about you as well yay yeah i'm excited too and you know who knows what this might lead to where we live in the (laughs) same city so i mean exactly options are open right yes exactly um maybe just to start by giving like the listeners I mean and then also I mean me an idea of like what your kink practice looks like like what are the things that you really focus on let's start there Mm, that's a very good question um I've often asked myself the same question uh what my brand is because it's a little bit unclear at times yeah um I try to be somewhat versatile since my own interests are all over the map, but I would say like some of my most favorite scenes involve medical play. Mm-hmm. That's really, really been a huge interest of mine lately and something I, I'm endlessly fascinated by and I love acquiring new toys and learning new things all the time. So medical for sure, um, but I also do a lot of things involving like humiliation and psychological play, pegging, pegging is always fun. And that's always. like a good way for me to exert physical energy. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little workout. Exactly, it's strap on muscles. <laughs> Got some weird little because of that. Yeah, and it's like some major like hip isolations work. You yeah, know what I mean? that's right. There you go. <laughs> if you've ever done a dance class where you're like doing isolations, it's like that's 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 pegging. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that's excellent. I'd love to see you peg a guy to like salsa or something. Actually, salsa's too fast. That might be dangerous for a guy. <laughs> Hey, I, I want to do the highest BPM possible. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Let's just do jungle, like techno, like all, all oh, of that's the, great. I love that. All the really, really fast beats. Yeah, pegging's always fun. Oh, always, always, always a good time. Um, something I came across of yours recently that I was like, ooh, this is like a really cool, looking like a really cool video. Of course, I've just seen the previews, but this stop the procedure <laughs> video that you've created with oh, yeah. Sub Puppy. Um, mm-hmm. 
oh yeah i'm just like oh this is the preview is like i i was like oh this is this is up my alley <laughs> oh yeah definitely i i love playing at ludus it's just so inspiring and it just really brings out the creative wicked side of me I and mean, she has so many toys that are available that you know it's clean it's um professionally run but i also bring my own equipment as well and it's just super inspiring to play there yeah um, yeah and yeah that particular scene involved a lot of play that i really enjoy i enjoyed i really enjoyed using like my um ball stretcher that was a lot of fun because i could fuck with his mind at the same time when he was hooded and pretend that i was castrating him so that was enjoyable <laughs> love a little fear play castration yeah, play yeah. no he could handle that that's why um, that particular scene was kind of a little bit more on the extreme side. It's not the most extreme scene I've done, but it definitely touches on some edgier um, activities. So I really, yeah. I really enjoyed creating that. What that reminded me of, um, I think when I think of like how I first got into uh, the fantasy of like the the like mind fuck castration play was the movie mm-hmm. Hard Candy. Did you ever watch oh, this movie? I love that. That was fantastic. It was really uh, it was really freaky, but psychologically it was so interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was Amazing like movie. a crazy psychological thriller. Like, yeah, I, I went with like a date. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> That's an awesome date. I love it. <laughs> it's my kind of date. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone wants to know what it's like to date me. Um. <laughs> was it, um, I bet you watched him squirm at certain moments. Oh, it was so funny. And it was in the theater too, right? Like it was a while right. ago. Yeah, yeah. But Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was a while ago then. Yeah, I've Very had cool. these interests for a while. Uh- <laughs> Very cool. Do you know where your MedFet kinks kind of started from? If they started from anything particular or like how they started to ve- develop? That's interesting. I've never actually been asked that question before. People often ask like what I'm into in terms of medical play, but mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. it came from, I think um, I talked about this with a client recently. Like he has a pretty heavy medical kink and his actually came from being hospitalized himself and, you know, having to be having to be um, on a catheter and having to be a patient and be vulnerable. But for me, I, I didn't really have any specific procedure or anything like that that triggered it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think I've always just been into like body modification and uh, medical play. Like when I first got into BDSM scene, I was more switchy. So I received, as a sub, I received a lot of medical play when I was getting to the scene. And I think that really kind of turned me onto it. I, you know, observed and learned a lot myself. And as the years went by, like I'm I'm pretty much like 99% dom now if I had to assign a percentage to it. But like, I've learned so much over the years um, early on in the scene when I was submissive. And I think, yeah, just uh, meeting different people in the kink scene in Toronto and trying different things like staples and play piercing, uh, medical restraints, metal restraints, things like that, I think really got me into medical scene as a dom. Yeah, totally. I also enjoy MedFet like on either side of the slash. Oh, yeah. um, like different aspects, probably topping and bottoming. Like I'm not into receiving stuff like stapling or piercings or sutures or stuff like that um, or needles, um, though I've tried most of that stuff. But as a top, very much um, into all of all of that sort of things. I think like what really resonates for me is kind of the tone of MedFet. Like there's something about and I think this applies to MedFet and probably a lot of other types of uh, like role play as well is like this sort of detached professional mm-hmm. way of speaking to each other that's kind of like feigning politeness 
Um, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just it's such a very specific tone. And to be honest, like all of the all of the instruments and the atmosphere and the types of stimulation you can offer, I I think those all kind of go second to me from mm. this just this way a doctor speaks to you. Oh yeah. It's Do very, you know what um, I mean about that? Yeah, very very clinical and mm-hmm. um, the whole environment is very sterile and even just the smells of it kind of mm. are a little bit triggering for me too. Yeah, totally. And I think it's like part it's it's like linked into my objectification type stuff because they're mm-hmm. like just another patient. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're a number yeah, on yeah. a chart. That's right. They're like just another body to either, you know, heal, experiment on, torture. Oh, yeah. Like like they're just a vessel Definitely. for like yeah. for like this greater idea of like the greater good. <laughs> for science. <laughs> for science. Yeah. I exactly. think that that concept is just like so hot to me. Like, oh no, it's for your own good. Like all this pain that I'm gonna put you through. Or yeah. or it's for some other like maybe nefarious greater purpose, you know what I mean? But like Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's hot about it to me for sure. Yeah, likewise. I think that's also similar to why I find uh the therapist's role play very hot. Um Ooh, since, yeah. you know, they're vulnerable emotionally to me and like confessing their deepest fantasy. So, you know, for their own good, sometimes I like to poke at certain parts of their past, you know, consensually of course. But of course, um, but yeah, that's that's similar to like, you know, medical fed. I think I just like seeing people in a very vulnerable state. Mm. And uh, I especially like when they let me to allow me to try like new things on them. Yeah. And uh, just visually, I find it very exciting. Like I took some pictures um, last year of a sub who was caged in a metal chassis device. And um, there was like a sound through his through the cock hole at top. So that was visually like very exciting to me. And also I, I like to put like some electro there, too. Oh yeah, Easton. Shock his system. Yeah, yeah. I just find that really everything really exciting. The sights, the sounds, the smells. Yes, all, totally. All yeah, you're right. There's like so much stimuli. Yeah. When you're doing a med fit, it's not just like the physical sensations. It's like as you said, all the olfactory things happening, all of the visual stuff, like even the sounds of like metal on metal and stuff like that. Oh, or like definitely. <laughs> that, or like the paper underneath the bench you know, mm, shifting yeah. around, like all of these like very specific tactile type things happening. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I feel like like when you really break it down, I feel like, I mean, I, I, I feel like every kink you can kind of do a thousand ways. But I think specifically MedFet is like, there are a thousand different things about it that you could mm-hmm. potentially find hot. I think so, yeah. Like the rubber gloves, like latex, like there's so many different, like blood play, like. Yeah, well, definitely. I know it's like a limit for a lot of people to see blood, um, but I find it quite exciting. I mean, I'm not like the kind of dom who enjoys seeing like a lot of blood. Like I, I've seen pictures of um, subs who were spanked pretty hard and, um, you know, they're bleeding. I, visually, I find it very exciting, but it's not something I think I could personally do. So for me, like I enjoy like more like small little blood marks from needles and things like that yeah me too I think like I think uh like subby cupcake is someone who I follow that is just will just be so bloody (laughs) and I'm like oh yeah and I'm like wow that's like so impressive and cool but I'm like ooh, I don't I don't know if I could facilitate a scene like that you know what I mean but but in little in small ways 
I definitely love to see the blood. <laughs> yeah, no, same here. I really enjoy watching that. Uh, suturing is actually something I'd love to learn more about. That's something I haven't tried yet. So I've tried catheters. I've tried um, staples, needles, of course. Enemas. Suturing is something. Yeah, enemas are always fun. I yeah. love doing those. Those are a must. <laughs> yeah. Especially with pegging. Yeah, especially pegging. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a suturing class with Mr. Kinky O. Oh, I don't cool. know if you're familiar with that name, but he's, uh, he's in yeah. Toronto. Um, Very cool. But yeah, did that suturing, actually at the Ritual Chamber, um, Very cool. did that workshop. So I would love to also learn more about suturing too. Oh yeah, that's cool. I should check that out sometime. Yeah, if yeah, I hear of anything, I'll send it your way. Yeah, yeah, that's very exciting. I think that's part of why I enjoy enjoy kink so much. I find it endlessly fascinating and there's so many things to learn and yeah, you so can never ways, stop learning. Spice things up. Yeah, exactly. Where did you learn a lot of your, like, lo- a lot of the, like, fine skills associated with MedFet? Where did you first start doing those or learning about them? Uh, for MedFet in particular, I learned mostly as a bottom first, like, more than 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just learned from the whole experience and just from observing. And just over the years, um, getting things like piercings or getting my breast augmentation, things like that. Like, I observe kind of the procedures not during the breast augmentation, obviously, <laughs> during like during piercing and things like that. Like I, I like to watch what they're doing and how they sanitize and keep everything clean uh, and safe for for the person receiving it. So mostly through yeah, just through observation and through receiving it myself many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really had like a mentor or anything per se. I kind of wish I did. Um, there was a dom who I did double dom sessions with before I I formally started doing it by myself, and I did learned some things from her she she really enjoyed needle play as well so I a lot of it's just through observation really and um or like I do my research online from reputable sources um with catheter play like that's something I I learned from uh one of my clients who's a medical professional in the states so he yeah he would point me to the right direction on how to uh, perform catheterization safely but I'd also do my own research too and yeah just consume and absorb all this information yeah, that's important to um, to put in there that you said you learned from a sub because oh, yeah. uh, I think yeah. a lot of people, you know, maybe that aren't in the kink scene or, or unfortunately a lot of people that probably are in the kink scene, they assume just because of the power dynamics that the dominant is the more experienced one. And it's mm-hmm. like, ah, uh, no, of course that that's not true. Like there can definitely be a more experienced sub or a very, very experienced sub and Mm -hmm. a pretty green dom and the dom can learn a lot of fucking skills from an experienced bottom you know yeah definitely so i like how you brought that up yeah you know i've met some uh some great subs over the years and you know i feel very fortunate the different connections i made in the scene too because i started off mostly in the lifestyle scene um before i went professional Mm -hmm. so even like when i was just in a lifestyle bdsm scene in toronto i met a lot of different people and uh yeah i just learned from them too thankful yeah I'm, yeah i'm thankful for all the connections and different resources and people interesting people i've met over the years yeah when i started on the ritual chamber the first time i started doing like needle play for instance was also doing like uh co-topping like be, be doing a, a dom duo with actually with Shahrazad. Yeah, she's awesome yeah she's the best so she just uh was able to basically we kind of use this this guy's session as like <laughs> 
a bit of a workshop like <laughs> oh, a lot that's of, fun you know like yeah. um it was pretty funny because he liked to just be like you know a test subject essentially like you know i think that can be a kink in itself too and there you <laughs> go like yes being the guinea pig for a class fun. or for a you know those like oh man speaking of medfit like those um auditoriums mm-hmm. the the surgery auditoriums a the surgery. like a surgery theater what's the word there's a word. I just finished watching Ratchet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. And just seeing that set of like having a surgery performed to, you know, ah, bleachers, you know, like right. 360 oh, bleachers. I'm like, oh, my God, this is a kink. <laughs> yeah. No, is that is that fictional or do you think that actually happens? It's fictional. It's it's yeah. a um, prequel to um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Nest, the nurse Miss Ratchet. Yes. So yes. it's her origin story. Oh, it's uh, fascinating. I oh, it's, I know. Once I realized that that was what this series was, I was like, oh, Ooh. I'm so, because I mean, come on, come on, Kubrick, like <laughs> get into it. And uh, actually, it's really, it's really good. It's really, really good. I'd recommend it, especially if you're in a med fit. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. What's the name of it again? I'm going to write this down. Ratchet. Ratchet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it might have been related to uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest in some way. Yeah, totally is. Awesome. I have to check that out. It's a series? You really do. You really do. Yeah, it's a series. It's just the one, wait, one or two seasons. Anyways, but. Okay, um, cool really well done really really mm-hmm. well done and frightening cool. it's it's a thriller series so it's cool nice yeah i think it'd be up your alley it is <laughs> very very cool and please by all means uh text me after tell me what you think of it oh yeah definitely <laughs> if it's on netflix i'll try and check it out later on yeah um okay so medfit what was one of the other things you brought up pegging of course yeah pegging is always fun um because i feel like it doesn't necessarily have to have any dominant submissive power dynamics it can be just a top or bottom thing too so it's so it's so versatile you know you can make it as humiliating as you want or it can be more sensual um you can use any type of toys that you want do it any way you want like one time um i was getting ready for a session but i forgot my harness at home Mm -hmm. so i just took some rope and i made a rope harness you know just peg the guy (laughs) it's easy enough to do (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I love that. I am notoriously shit at rope, so that's something that I wish I could do. Um, and I'm sure someone could show me, and I'd fuck it up a thousand times, you know. But maybe a thousand and one that time, maybe I'd get it. Yeah, rope is actually. I'm not big on rope. Actually, I used to be um, more bottomy in the rope community mm-hmm. a long time ago, um, and I've learned a lot as a top too. But I, I would say for sure, I prefer my metal restraints. It's just faster easier for me I'm, I'm too lazy to do the rope I mean visually I find it cool but it's not not totally my thing either yeah I think um a lot of people that make rope requests that have never been in rope before I don't think they realize that like that's the session like that's the tie <laughs> you know right. what I mean like there's not yeah. it takes a long time and it in itself is a scene tying someone you know doing an elaborate harness or yeah tie right. of any kind or like you know suspension partial suspension it's like i think people like book an hour you know mm-hmm. of, of which 15 minutes is like you know some negotiation some aftercare da 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 it's like mm-hmm. rope takes time <laughs> yeah like, definitely yeah yeah those are those are some of the sometimes i get session requests that i actually turn down so if they're asking for very complex rope ties or if they're 
if it seems clear that they have a huge rope fetish, I tell them I'm not, you know, I'm probably not the right dog for that because I, I do know Same. like some rope work, but it's not totally my forte. Like I can happily put them in a sleep sack or strap some locking straps on them, but rope is not totally my thing. You know, I use it in conjunction with other things. Um, I love how that you mentioned that pegging is very versatile and doesn't have to have a dynamic at all because I'm very yeah, much a right. person that is like a sexual act doesn't inherently have any you know a submissive or a dominant slant to it you can literally make any sort of sexual act whatever you want it to be pegging included I think a lot of people assume pegging is you know cis male bottoming who is a submissive mm -hmm. and then right. a cis female who's the top who's dominant but mm -hmm. that a hundred percent doesn't have to be the case no that's true you can you can use it in so many different ways and like that's pro that's a very common fantasy, um, yeah. Which yeah. is why we get the requests a lot. But it can be oh, it can be anything. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes I get clients who um, they very nervously tell me they're into pegging. They say, "Oh, but I'm not gay. Um, I don't want anything else up my butt. I just want you to peg me." I'm like, "You don't have to reassure me. First of all, I don't really care what your sexuality is, yeah. and second of all, it doesn't mean you're quote unquote gay if you." Take a strap on up your ass, you know. It it's literally really plastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're gay for plastic? Like, you're, like, like what are you even talking about? <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it's interesting that that sexual act can carry so much, uh, you know, carry so much other thought to it, right? Definitely. It could, be, it could be just that, right? doesn't mean much of anything. Yeah, one of my favorite things is to kind of look at the traditional way we approach you know maybe a certain role play and then try to come at it from the opposite angle like I love role plays yeah. for instance that is like say it's a teacher student role play well fuck I'm gonna be the student as the dominatrix and think of a really <laughs> fun awesome. you know think of a fun narrate narrative to like flip this thing on its head where now mm -hmm. the student is um is the dominant one you know what I mean so I like I like to be like mm. okay you know, we traditionally look at pegging in this way. How can we make it something totally different and mm -hmm. out of the box? You know what I mean? Out yeah. of the traditional narrative that we, we generally have surrounding this activity. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. I mean, I think, I think it's good to think of it from different angles. I, I never actually thought of the teacher-student role play in, in that sense. Um, I'm trying to think back. Yeah, I have done some role play as a dominant student, but usually I would be the teacher. But I think... I think in order to spice things up, it's nice to kind of see it from different angles, and try different, like you said, narratives. Yeah, especially if like you're, you have very narrow interests, um, mm -hmm. like say you only have one very specific fetish, right. it's like important to, you know, unless, you know, you just want to do it one way, that's totally fine and valid too. Mm -hmm. But it's fun when you have one very specific fetish and then you like look at the thousand different ways you can approach it. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes me think about uh, one of my good subs who's into water sports, um, specifically consuming it. So mm -hmm. he's actually pretty creative. He offered up a few ideas on how he can, how I can make my special cocktail for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can I can freeze it in ice. I can um, I can put it like behind a mask and give it to him as a face mask. Mm, I can feed it to him like just straight from the source, like you know him on the floor, me standing above him. Mm -hmm. There's just so many different ways to do water sports. Yeah, um, big syringe. Another, yeah, like exactly. Pet play syringes, you know. Yeah, I should get one of those. That's something I don't have. Yeah, I, I was playing with um, Mr. Sophira one time, and she's got a big metal 
um, mm-hmm. syringe like that that is just transfers liquids so it's not a needle syringe but um, yeah we had someone in a hood like a total sensory sense depth hood um, and then just through the tiny little hole in the mouth <laughs> delivered we just filled yeah. up took turns filling up the syringe and feeding it to him that way he was like oh, totally surround and and everything and it was uh, yeah it was like ooh that's another thing I'm like I love duos because I just learn a new way to do things. Like I'd never done that before with Goldens either. And I was like, yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to get me one of these syringes. Okay. Right. When I leave this place. Definitely. (laughs) I actually wrote that down just now because I want (laughs) Yeah. Especially MedFet, that like, that like metal syringe thing. It's, oh, I know. It's like the little fucking black dress of MedFet. Yeah. LBD. Actually, in um, in Stop the Procedure, the the video that we mentioned earlier, yeah. I I do give him some of my golden through an IV drip bag. So I put it through <sighs> um, uh, his little tube in his hood, and um, yeah, he he like knocked it out at one point and got mad about that. So next time, I'll make sure I tape it in place. He <laughs> got mad. I love that. I don't yeah, have. I'm angry if I don't have a steady stream of your piss, you know, yeah, going into no. my body at all times. Yeah, that he is something to be mad Yeah, <laughs> he needs his medicine. Exactly. You know, it helps numb the pain of it. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of my very first uh, medical scene experiences, like more than ten years ago. Was. Um, Somebody who taught me how to do an IV drip of my own piss into his mouth. So I thought that was very exciting. And, you know, I I would forget about it sometimes, but then, like, I would come back and think about it a few times a year. And then, you know, yeah. as the years go by, I started thinking about it more. Uh, until I, here I am, dripping piss into people's mouths. <laughs> I love that that is, like, one of your, like, entry-level ways of doing both MedFed and probably Golan's. It's like, oh, yeah, just your, your standard, everyday, entry-level kink. Um <laughs> <laughs> learning how to do it. That's right. I don't scare any listeners away with all this. It gets like a lot darker from here, folks. <laughs> Tuesday afternoon activity, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we live an interesting life, don't we? <laughs> we certainly do. And that that's kind of funny when you think about it. Like, do you think, from the outside looking in on your life, do you think mm-hmm. people would think that it's more mundane? Or do you think it's more it's more wild? Oh, yeah. People are always, um, I made a tweet about this a couple of weeks ago, I think, about how, like, often when, quote, unquote, civilians hear that I'm pro-dom, mm-hmm. um, they either find it, like, fascinating, they're either, like, kind of repulsed by it, or they think <laughs> it's fun, <laughs> or weird, um, but it's really so much more than just that. It can also be healing, it can be transformative, um, it can be so much more. So I think generally people don't think it's boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they think a lot of other things, but boring is usually not one of them. Yeah, I feel yeah. like if people saw, especially in this last year, where it's a lot of virtual, it's all virtual stuff, basically, I think people would not realize how much I'm just like, on my phone in my pajamas. Yeah, with no makeup and you know, unwashed hair and all, all that. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> like, it really does look, especially just like nowadays, it really does look very, very tame. <laughs> but it's fine. I'm just making people do things through screens now. It's great. Yeah, I know. I like your tweet recently about how now they can clean all their toys. 
<laughs> oh yeah. It's a lot of prep, right? I realized that I was like, wow, usually I'm here for like a half hour after a session, after an in-person session, you know, you're there mm-hmm. for a half hour cleaning up the space, sanitizing the space, cleaning That's all right. the toys, you know, doing all these procedures. But now you could just close your laptop. It's great. I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> the click of the laptop. So satisfying. <laughs> Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. I like this point that you're bringing up about how kink can do so much more than like the average person might think. Like it can be a lot deeper. It can be about healing. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely. Can you kind of tell me how you approach that part of your practice? Mm, In terms of the healing aspects. Yeah, that's one thing I don't really talk a whole lot about. I think um, that's why I'm really happy like to be here today and just be able to explore some deeper topics. I think, nice, um, nice. Let's do it. Yeah, like a lot of my my Twitter is very very superficial, somewhat shallow, um, very you know enticing. I'm sure. Yeah, but I don't it's really the fantasy, talk... right? Yeah, it's all part of fantasy. I don't really talk so much about you know the um, you know the more long term subs I've had who uh, they're professional subs, like they're my clients as well. But they've told me you know how how like in surrendering, like they really learned so much about themselves. They've learned about self-acceptance, about enduring through pain. And um, yeah, it can be really quite healing. It's not just getting your ass smacked, right? <laughs> it's also being able to open up to somebody to like, you know, have all these deep-seated fantasies and be able to be in a safe space to live them out. And I think that gives them power, you know, knowing that there's somebody that accepts them. I think it gives them power in other aspects in their life too and feel like, you know, they're not so on the fringe of society. Definitely. Um, I feel like a lot of this is kind of unfortunate, but I feel like Mm -hmm. for a lot of folks, the reason they would hire someone professionally um, to facilitate their kink is because they can't they don't have anybody to do that with in their life. and they, They can't be open with it. Right. So imagine how impactful if you have this like, you know, perhaps vital part of your identity that's suppressed for most of the time. So, you know, the one when you really find a professional that you can really connect with over a long period of time that would be life-changing to be able to be in your authentic skin more often regularly consistently yeah I think so and I think you know the the whole money aspect or the transaction transaction aspect I don't think that you know devalues that I think Mm -hmm. it I think you know it could still be very healing 
to be in a safe space and like to have it be somewhat contained too, right? Like after the session, I don't pester them or anything like that. I kind of give them their space and they reach out if they need anything. So I think, you know, it's, yeah, it gives them a lot of time to kind of reflect on themselves as well, to explore the side of them. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I mean, we hire uh, therapists, we hire, Mm -hmm. you know, mental health professionals, we hire personal trainers, we hire, you know, does that make the impact that these professionals are giving you any less valid? Of course not. Yeah, We we hire a team of people to do all these things for us health-wise. That's true. No, that's a very good way to see it. I think I think there's a lot of stigma attached like on, on the client slash sub end of things in, in terms of like paying for it and how like what does that mean for them as a person? Because often I get clients who come in saying, oh, you know, I don't usually have to pay for this or like, you know, I, I've i been with a woman before, trust me. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have to reassure me. It's not... <laughs> One, I don't care whether you've been with a woman or not, unless you want me to make fun of you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless it's going to be part of the scene, yeah, then I don't exactly. need to know I don't really, yeah. I don't really care. It's not, you know, pertinent to the scene. Um, and, you know, it doesn't really mean anything about you as a person to pay for that experience, right? And I think your analogy about, or you equating it to, like, you know, hiring a therapist or a team of people, I think that's very, you know, a very good way to see it. Yeah, yeah. or one of those people that can help you kind of on your journey, whatever your journey looks like to acceptance to that's expression right. to healthfulness mindfulness yeah that's right yeah and it's interesting that you also mentioned this um this idea of strength how it gives them strength uh which is something that you know people from the outside looking in on kink might see the submissives as just like weak little wormy people and it's like well no it's a very yeah. it's a very interesting type Mm -hmm. of strength right that comes from taking a leap taking a risk doing something out of your box allowing yourself to be pushed you Mm -hmm. know in the way that you want um in the right way you know the um ethical way and also being vulnerable is a big a huge strength like only strong people can be vulnerable both physically as we mentioned like in medfed like physically restrained on a table that sort of stuff but also emotionally especially in long-term dynamics, uh, that takes a lot of strength yeah, to, to talk about all of this, uh, you know, quote-unquote negative emotions that might come up. I think so. I think specifically for, you know, cis men who are so used to repressing their emotions, um, yeah. I think it can be like a great outlet. And that's probably why the majority of the clientele is men for me. Um, I think like in their normal, quote-unquote normal lives, they repress a lot they have to be in control they can't show their emotions so this is their their time and space to really let go definitely 100 percent. and it's more it's obviously more stigmatized for cis men to you know express emotions yeah that's right so it's like well then you know unfortunately once again that's why our job kind of exists this discreet job that we have you know we hold a lot of people's secrets yeah and skeletons, you know what I mean? And emotional, right. and emotional labor, quite honestly. And I mean, that's, that's what we get of, out of the relationship, the compensation. It's like, okay, great. We're entering into a dynamic, say if it's like a long-term dynamic. Essentially, it's mm-hmm. like what we're giving and taking from each other is like, great, I'm doing emotional labor from you, for mm-hmm. you as the professional. Mm-hmm. And you're giving me money to compensate me for it. Because, you know, unless it's kind of a more personal type of a dynamic 
where it's going both ways, usually it's not. Like, the sub is not doing emotional labor for the pro-dom. You know what I mean? So I'm doing this for you, so... And what am I getting out of it? Well, I'm getting money out of it. Yeah, that's right. There you go, an exchange. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. And, you know, it takes takes a lot of work to be the dominant as well um, because you're... You're looking after them too, right? In some ways, and you're ensuring that that they receive like um, the experience they're looking for. Oh my God! Yeah. And you're creating, yeah, you're creating a vibe for them, right? So it's it does take a lot of emotional labor, you know, emotional and physical labor. Definitely, it can, and depending on the type of, you know, how the dynamic looks, the type of dynamic, it's like how much contact you have with each other, how yeah. ongoing it is, what are the specific things that they may, are maybe working on? Maybe they're going dealing with past trauma traumatic experiences mm-hmm. you know oh definitely maybe they, maybe they need support through a difficult time in their life and that's why mm-hmm. we're there like so that can be a tre- tremendous amount of emotional labor that we're being asked mm-hmm. to do oh definitely yeah no it can be very cathartic too um i've heard of subs who i actually wish i had more um subs in my stable who are into corporal but i've heard <laughs> of subs who are you know find that very healing too to you know receive corporal for a long time and to shed tears and you know just really let go so that can be very healing too. Definitely. Yeah, that idea of release, you know, and that can be like physical release, obviously, if, if the dominant happens to provide that. But also stuff like, yeah, all the endorphin release, all the chemicals that are happening. And then, of course, yeah, maybe having a good cry about it. Yeah, I mean, some of us need the physical push in order to, you know, emotionally release as well. Totally. Yeah, some people need that impact session, that heavy impact mm-hmm. session. Like I've had requests of... Um, impact to tears is pretty common, but I've had like pegging to tears. Oh, okay. That's interesting. As well, yeah, I've done that, that before. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. It can be yeah. like, not, not to say that, you know, scenes that are emotional are suddenly like taking itself so seriously. It can still be fun. It can still be sexy. Yeah. You know, it can be all these things. It's, they're layered experiences. Like it's not, a it's kink is never good. one thing. Yeah, that's right. And it could change too. I mean, something can feel a certain way in the moment and then afterwards you reflect on it, it feels a different way. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, like it, it really depends on the person. Or you get surprised by, you know, maybe emotion that comes up halfway through a thing. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, let's course correct and the scene may be about something different now. Yeah, no, I think it's really important to keep the communication lines open. Yeah, it is. Is it, it is interesting though, like talking about emotional labor as the dominant, like, I for sure, I think I felt that the past year, because I think more now more than ever, mm-hmm. I've taken on more ongoing dynamics professionally. That's right. And a lot of them happen to be more wellness based, um, or at least that is part of our dynamic. And man, it, it's essentially like having, you know, a dozen relationships. <laughs> it's it can, true. It can feel yeah. like a lot at times I think so yeah um I think with the pandemic um and everybody being locked down there's also less of an off switch for me personally like I'm on more often now same even just being online and like you know checking up on on professional subs and whatnot I'm just always I'm, I wouldn't say I'm always around because I'm still quite busy but it's still it's a little bit harder for me to set my own personal boundaries for myself and self-care um so I've, I've had to learn to do that for sure so that's I think that helps in the emotional labor part, setting my own boundaries and, and uh, yeah, being able to say no sometimes. Yeah, saying no and saying when, 
when you hit that point where you're like, oh, this has become too much or whatever, you happen to hit a wall in whatever way Mm -hmm. surrounding a certain thing. It's like very important to communicate with that, that with the sub, like if it's an ongoing thing, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, let's think about this has got to be sustainable, right? If if we're in it to win it here. So I can't be feeling like I'm doing more than I'm being compensated for essentially right. like and you know that's mm-hmm. a boundary thing right so Definitely. it's just that conversation of like well people are always taught that you know the subs need to are the ones who need to be doing all this work with boundaries right they need to know their safe words and they need to you know communicate when something doesn't feel right but it's like that exact thing needs to be happening on our end as well for ourselves yeah I agree I think uh, boundaries definitely should go both ways too and they should be respected both ways yeah and it's you know to both people's benefits to be able to like you know put a to draw a line at a certain point and they get the best of each other yeah like those are the dynamics those are the relationships that that will be there a year later you know when the both of you truly understand this it's like it's it's a two-way street yeah yeah it's interesting um just like i'm thinking about all my different sub clients and uh, it's funny how maybe this is just something I've noticed with myself in my practice, but sometimes people who book the shortest time are the most demanding. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad that you can relate. <laughs> Boy, Meanwhile, can I. I have I have other subs on a retainer who barely pester me, <laughs> and you know they're more regular and long term, and they pay more, and they they actually pester me the least, and that's why they have the most authentic dynamic because they're also very respectful of me as a person too, right? Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> the, the I discount like a million things. <laughs> kind of sub, yeah. It's like they're trying to book, like my minimum's a half hour for sessions, for like Skype sessions. Right. And it's always the person that wants a half hour, wants to email 12 times about what they want in the half hour. It's like, no, you need, you need to be able to inquire, send, screen, in like one email. And like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, in, in, in this little succinct... Even the request, like if I open the email and the request is 12 pages long, I'm like, and then they still don't even really tell you what service they want. They've just told you their life story. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) okay, well, I guess that was the scene then you just needed to, you know, be an exhibitionist about your your fucking life story or whatever it is like you for sure are jerking off either metaphorically (laughs) stroking your ego or physically um and i wasn't compensated for it so i guess fuck off (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) in so many words i know no it's true i actually had a note written down to myself for like a mini rant um when I follow up to it, <laughs> because recently I got a couple of emails who were just long essay like about how they had admired me from afar for ages. They consumed all my content. They just want to consume me, and I'm like, okay, but among all this stuff, are you gonna book something, or am I? Yeah. Are you just like is... you know? <laughs> are you just like expressing your praises or something, right? Yeah, and that isn't that funny. Like, okay, so this long email, right, telling telling you how they have followed you for years or whatever the fuck it is, right? Consuming yeah. all all of your free content. Mm-hmm. Like, has this person, you know oh, what I mean? I like, <laughs> if you if you are telling me about this, how dare you not tip me? Like, how dare you have not subscribed to whatever platform? Like, how like if you're telling me, here's my thing. Okay, if you are, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going to get be real shady here. But like, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> 
I like if, shady. <laughs> if you are my biggest fan, why the fuck do I not know who you are? Yeah, if you're no, my biggest true. fan, I will know <laughs> you. I will know who you are because I'll see you on my Patreon. I will see you on whatever subscribing. Right. You have purchased content from me. You have done sessions for me. You know, mm-hmm. you have like on and on and on, right? You have you have given a tribute for no reason. Like right. if you are truly my biggest fan, trust me, I will know it. And you don't need to you don't need to send me an email about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of it's just <laughs> one hand typing basically yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. it's easy if they're not succinct uh i can't pronounce that word they're not concise about like what they want to book with a date time time zone Mm. or duration if they're not like very direct about wanting to do book something professionally with me i just very easily write it off as a time waster because there's a lot of emails like that yeah and they have to be to the point and follow the booking instructions it's really that simple yeah or or if i happen to be in a trolling mood then I'll, then I'll send an essay back. I yeah. will send an essay back. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I should start trolling when, when I'm, instead of getting... <laughs> Recently, I came across an OnlyFans that made my day. You know Mia Khalifa, the porn star? Yes, yeah. So she she has a trolling account on OnlyFans where she, <laughs> where she just trolls like shitty messages. And one guy said, oh, stop posting pics of your your food post something concrete she took a picture of the concrete ground <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm talking about i know it's goals i'm like oh okay next time somebody writes me something stupid i'm gonna troll them right back <laughs> <laughs> you know if you happen to have a day where you have a little time and energy and you want to just fuck with someone you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i can't do it all the time but occasionally instead of getting pissed off i should just do that <laughs> <laughs> channel it into like this fun activity for the afternoon yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like like show me some pussy okay here's a picture of my cat <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> sexy yeah. isn't he <laughs> And then be like, hey, pussy pics are 50 bucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, try to, still try to get the money out of them, you know? Like. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but, oh man, yeah, something I was thinking about recently about, about that, it's like, unfortunately, you can still be a time waster and be like an actual booking client. Like, I've got a, oh, um, absolutely. you know, there are some of those around. I'm not going to yeah, say any names, but... <laughs> Like, you should know by now, sir, every fucking time you do the same thing. And like, I mean, I'm I'm going to take responsibility for that as well right here and now. That's one of the cases where I need to draw my boundaries and be like, okay, look, mm-hmm. you do this every time, you know, you book whatever, but then there's all this extra shit that we do every fucking time. And it's not yeah. necessarily, trust me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's another thing. Like... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, that's important you to keep can, in mind. Yeah, too. you can be mm-hmm. spending money and still be a time waster. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there's people that haven't seen me for years, right? And they're like, oh, I still think about when you fucked me that big black cock. This was like in 2016. And they still wink off to my free trailers. I'm like, uh, you're not really relevant to me anymore <laughs> at the moment. Of here. Yeah, at least buy some clips or something, right? So, yeah, it's just, it's a business, right? So people have to respect that, too. Yeah, it, it's funny, isn't it? How. You would never approach any other professional that you're looking to hire or not looking to hire. Like you wouldn't just be trolling any other professional about right. about their craft or their art or right. their, their, you know, whatever it is, their career. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be shady again. But <laughs> sir, you would never email, you know, your dentist and tell them <laughs> and tell them 
that that you are interested in booking them in the future and <laughs> you know and here are all the things that you would like in a session eventually um but you just need to you know figure out some things in your life but you know you've been a fan of theirs for like like get out of town yeah <laughs> I hate the email that's, that's like, right. I, I'm, I want to book you in the future. What the hell does that mean to me? Like, why? You just, no, yeah. you just wanted to talk. To, you wanted to engage with me for free. So you're yeah. putting this future session, you know, right. lie yeah. surrounding this email. No, you just wanted to email me for free. Yeah. So, you know, it's not that hard to be a good sub-client. I think just don't be like any of these guys. <laughs> Yeah, if you've been listening at all and are still wondering what not to do, uh, <laughs> don't do any of that stuff. Listen harder. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's funny though. Like I don't know. I'm doing a lot of work, like just with my therapist right now, surrounding boundaries, like my own personal mm-hmm. boundaries, right? And um, man, that that question does come in my mind kind of often about my regulars, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. Are they my regulars because I lax my boundaries surrounding them? That's why they book me again and again. Or is it because they book me again and again that I lax my boundaries? Which mm, is fine. One is not fine. One is one is fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, on, yeah. I sometimes I do kind of that. I bat that around in my brain. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually have a an awesome kink-friendly therapist too. And boundaries was a... A better pill for me to swallow when she first put it on the table that I need to work on mine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm like, Definitely. what? Me? A like, sex educator? No. A kink yeah. educator? How dare you? Right. I'm like, I'm always in control. No, not always. Sometimes I need a little work on that. So I think, yeah, with boundaries, they're they're so fluid too. Like, And, you know, as long as I don't think, say if you're with, you know, like a long-term client and the boundaries change, I don't think like there's really any fault in the boundaries being more lax as long as they're still within your comfort. Totally. Um, and I think, yeah, boundaries can change and get stricter or more lax, right, depending on the person. As long as they respect it, that's the bottom line. Yeah, and that you can have different boundaries for different people. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. But just as long as you're still, again, not, you know, extending more labor than compensation or rewards or whatever it is that you're getting back, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Just to keep that balance happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I tell you, oh boy, do I have imposter syndrome about like my therapist being like, you can't just let people walk all over you. I'm like, literally, I, <laughs> I, I, I physically do that for, <laughs> for a living. Like it feels yeah, like, like I do all the walking all over. <laughs> like literally, like trampling is one of my favorite kinks. Like, <laughs> I love trampling. That's fun. <laughs> I love it. But you know what I mean? I'm like, oh boy, yeah. And th- that's the other thing of like assuming that the dominant is, I don't know, like knows, is the know-all, be-all, end-all of everything. It's like, no, I still got to work on my shit as mm-hmm. well, you know? I'm not fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's something I've learned to kind of come to terms with over the years. That I don't have to be perfect. And your wellness uh, seminar was really, um, really great for me in that sense because Sometimes when I get busy or overwhelmed with other aspects of my life, um, mm. I, I kind of drop off the map with my wellness subs, um, but they do pay for uh, that coaching and the, kind of the guidance, right? Um, so for a while, like when I was having like moments of depression or anxiety in my life, I would 
have a hard time being the wellness dom that they they are looking for, right? But now I realize actually one one huge takeaway I got from your workshop was um, that you don't really see yourself like in those situations as like a role model. You're more like um, a motivator. Hmm. Outside motivator. Yeah. So that. Yeah, I think that's the word you use, but I think it really drove home to me that I don't have to be perfect, that I, I just have to be dominant in that situation. And it's okay sometimes if I'm overwhelmed too to, you know, take a break and set boundaries. Definitely. And I think it's 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 very nuanced, right? Like Yeah. I have a lot of I could have a lot of experience in a certain thing, but be really shitty in some other wellness thing, you know, like so it's like I could be just to blanket kind of generalize you as being not perfect it's like well I can be pretty fucking good at some things though like (laughs) you know what I mean just because I I think the point I'm trying to make is like just because you're lacking in some areas or you're struggling in some areas at times doesn't mean that you're unfit to offer guidance to another individual you know what I mean yeah for me I think um my strengths in that sense are um, I'm not as totally well versed in like certain exercises to do. I mean, I'll offer some guidance based on what I've learned over years and keeping fit. But I wellness domination, I see it as um, kind of a uh, holistic approach too. Like I, I get a lot out of like talking to them and finding out what's going on in their life. Like if I have that dynamic with that person, yeah, um, and kind of, kind of being like a therapist, but not really. I mean, it's not a replacement for therapy. Um, no, but being but, like yeah, having that but, space where people can yeah, talk about exactly. their shit if they need to, you know, just holding yeah, space yeah. for a person, whether you're a pro dom or a therapist or just a friend or a, you know, yeah, it's it's all valid. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that is kind of an area of strength for me. I think is being a good listener and yeah. trying to understand their perspective. Yeah, like making them feel seen or heard. As yeah, well. I think so. Accepted. Accepted. Yeah, not judged. Not like shame-free kind of judgment-free space for them yeah it's very important can be very very important to people if you had to say something before I let you go because we are we are getting upon the hour yeah for sure if you had to say something um that would surprise people about you maybe maybe people have misconceptions about you or what you do What's something you could tell people to, like, set them straight about your practice, your kink, your job, or you? Anything come to mind? Yeah, I think just uh, being interested in, like, the deeper parts of domination and submission. That's something I don't really talk about or show as much. Um, even in terms of my video clips, a lot of them are very, not, like, super deep or psychological or anything like that. But I think I, I'd like people to know that I, I do have that side. And, like, you know, if we have, like, a long-standing dynamic... That's something I enjoy doing too, kind of delving in deeper. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like when you look at, say, like our Twitter feed, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's more than just pretty pictures. (laughs) Yeah, you might, exactly. You might just see kind of the fluff um, or the fantasy. But, um, you know, a lot of us are interested in a much, the much more deeper aspects of kinks, even though it may or may not be on our Twitter feed super consistently. I do try to throw it out there once in a while, just so people kind of know. But but yeah. it's true that the most the majority of my Twitter stuff kind of has to be more indulging that fantasy side. Yeah, of for sure. Yeah, for sure. Even yeah. like in this podcast and, and other interviews I've done, like I'm I'm pretty easygoing, um, and in person I am too. But I also have like a dark side that can come out in like certain dynamics. So I think just you know just understanding that um, 
as a dom, like I can be very versatile too. It kind of depends on my mood and the dynamic with the person. You know, I think that's, I feel like that's kind of a good takeaway in general. Like when somebody sees somebody online, like a lot of that's just a fantasy, right? Like it doesn't mean it's not real. A lot of it certainly is real, but they're also like person, you know, and they have so many different sides. And- Definitely. Yeah. You're seeing like our curated brand, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and there's a person behind there with all sorts of experiences and layers and a whole other life, believe it or not. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So speaking of social media, where can we find and follow you and give you money? Oh, that is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) I want that. Yes. Yeah. No, lately I've been most active on my OnlyFans. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun on there and engaging with subscribers. There's also my clip stores too. So there's, sirenthornclips.com and there's inkedasiangoddess.com um, and I just mostly like correspond with people through email and set up Skype sessions and things like that. Twitter as well. Night Flirt I'm on occasionally. I usually need people to set a date and time. I don't really like leaving my Night Flirt lines open. Sometimes I am if I'm in that kind of mood but I usually prefer like you know preset times since I'm pretty busy. I don't like knowing when the phone's gonna ring. Yes same. Same here. I used to I used to have days where I just would leave it on and then I'm like, nah, fuck it. Just book through my email and then we can then we yeah. can, we can go on there. <laughs> it's easier yeah. for me. Let's labor. Yeah. Exactly. If I can plan, schedule, you know. Yeah. Oh, can I mention one more thing? Of course. Yeah, just because we touched upon like uh, mental health and whatnot. Um I have like a really good kink friendly therapist. So if anybody needs a therapist who's very like open and you know, she's very not provocative in the sense that she's like, you know, sexy or anything like that. Provocative in that she asks like very good questions about yourself mm-hmm. when you're in therapy sessions. So she really helps you to kind of reach your own revelations. So if anybody out there who's listening needs like a kink friendly therapist, um, I've got one in mind. If they need awesome. Anybody. And how can yeah. they approach you to find out who that is? Um, they can just email me and Great. ask. Yeah, ask for a referral. Same with a kink friendly accountant as well. Um, they're very, very professional and, you know, they, they've always done good work for me. Awesome. Yeah, you yeah. hooked me up pretty, pretty, pretty awesome with uh, the yeah. accountant. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I you. hope they've been able to help you. Yeah, yeah so well, far, it's... so good. It's going great. So I appreciate that. I really yeah, appreciate the recommendation. Sure. For sure. No, I think I'm just, you know, I feel thankful that I've gotten help along the way too over the years. Um, my ex actually told me about this accountant and this accounting firm. So I, you know, I owe a lot to people along the way who have helped me become the dom that I am today. So if anybody needs, needs somebody who is accepting, then some numbers <laughs> that's so awesome okay for my stuff so i am at the lady pim one on twitter at the lady pim on insta the bedpost podcast on insta the bedpost show on patreon lots of cool sexy stuff on our patreon and i just got a uh, 60 patrons today that was kind of a little landmark for me and uh youtube the bedpost sex show if you want to email me about anything podcast related you can do so at the bedpost sex show at gmail.com Anything about uh, pro-domination related stuff, ladypim at protonmail.com. And then I also like to give a shout out to the lovely lady who does all the original music for the podcast you are currently listening to. Her name is Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. One last huge thank you to you, Siren Thorne. This has been so lovely speaking to you. You're so welcome. I had a blast talking with you and really honored to be on the podcast thank you Ms. oh thank you and um we also want to thank you the listener we'll see you next week talking to another fun and sexy guest here in the studio at the bed post podcast bye
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.